0: Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one fake knife fight at a time.
1: (laughs) I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris.
0: I think I gave away Minute 67. (laughs) So, yes, we're talking about uh, Minute 67. (laughs) Um, Minute 67 starts with uh, Kirk and McCoy approaching some what looks like luggage containers and ends a minute later with carol saying oh david you're just making this harder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes uh last minute uh savik noticed something off screen kirk and mccoy approach yep. camera shifts around and we're seeing uh some sci-fi luggage containers right yep and, uh mccoy opens up the the big tall one and we get to see the torpedo again. This is kind of the second time I think we've glimpsed it. Maybe not really known what
1: it was. Um, well, we see the during the uh, the tape, the reel. We see the Genesis device.
0: Oh, that's right, the photograph
1: of the. Device. So we, we see the photograph. That. So which would clearly indicate why McCoy would say Genesis, I presume, is because they have seen it. They've at least seen the device, and obviously we saw the device back on the regular one when um, David and. Carol Marcus were cramming all the information into it. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. He walked around and stuff.
1: But let's note what we <laughs> yes. see in this scene. We see to the right of Kirk, we see a long empty hallway. I see nothing down no, that hallway. Nothing dude. down that hallway. We nothing see lights. Just, yep. We see the wall. Nothing else.
0: Nothing else. On on the left,
1: we see the. See. I see the dome. And then we see the little Genesis computer. I'm assuming that's what that is. Right. And then we see the Genesis pod, the torpedo. So there's nothing else. I don't see anything else. And nothing else. Okay. No,
0: but I, I heard
1: something. Yes. Something off screen. We Someone dropped something or something. Right. Something happened and Kirk and McCoy – well, I should say Kirk reacts pulling his phaser. So- McCoy sort of looks to the ground and just sort of – Slowly starts walking off off screen. This was yes, I think it's. it's like he's just like um, I don't know what McCoy is, is doing there. He's like I'm. I'm just gonna step out of the way. <laughs> yeah, he, he, right. Kirk is like draws well, they, his phaser. Well, and it's clearly loud enough that I mean, it, Kirk isn't the only one who hears it. But here's where I'm going with this: is McCoy looks like you know, Kirk hears clearly hears something. McCoy sort of just turns around, walks away. And then as you see Kirk slowly walking, in the, before he even gets on screen, you see Terrell and Chekhov just sort of chatting. And Savick is looking. They clearly did not hear whatever it was that fell on the ground. Oh, you're right. Yeah, nobody's reacting to it. So I feel like Kirk is the only one who hears this. Because Kirk clearly reacts like, Oh, McCoy, no reaction. You know, a reaction, but it's more of like, he just sort of walks away. Right. And the I reason— mean, If I was him, I would— uh, Yeah. Well, no, go, go ahead.
0: Uh, if I was McCoy, I would have at least been like, cool, the Genesis. Wouldn't you Like, looked at it more yeah. closely and poked it and stuff? And like, what's this thing over here? And his reaction of just, meh, there it is, and turns around, and I'm going to go talk to Savick again.
1: Yeah, pretty it's much. Odd.
0: But wait, so there's all sorts of fun stuff going on here, right? So I didn't even notice before— what,
1: what what do you think Terrell and Chekhov are talking about? I, I don't know. But, you know, Chekhov clearly has his hands on his hips and talking to Terrell. And it looks like Savick is just sort of listening in.
0: Right. It looks, yeah. Chekhov looks very casual.
1: He does. He's
0: and like, I, you know, I think I could swear. I think this thing in my ear is getting smaller.
1: <laughs> it's not bothering me I as much. Th- How about you? I think I'm going insane. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> so we obviously set up this scene where, you know, McCoy and Kirk are now facing us, walking back. Again, still nothing down that hallway the pod, the computer, and the, and the dome. But we immediately turn our attention to Kirk sort of going away from us. And then out of nowhere comes David Marcus. <laughs> he literally was either Spider Man hanging from the ceiling. In the pod, with the <laughs> torpedo, on the floor. I mean, where does he come from? Uh, no
0: idea. But yeah, you're right. It just come, maybe he was like, um, you know, Schwarzenegger, and was it a was it a Predator when he covered himself in mud and was up against the wall? <laughs> yeah, he comes out of nowhere.
1: And it's not even that he comes out of nowhere. He comes down from nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah. He's jumping down at Kirk, hits him in the back with that. What did you say it was? The Scooby-Doo or Peanuts uh,
0: sound effect? It's from the. It's totally. I got to go back and look. But you know when uh, Charlie Brown always misses the football and goes sailing <laughs> into the air and then hits the ground, uh, the sound effect is totally is a. It's they they pulled it off a cartoon reel, so the listeners, you know, you, you please go and pull this minute up and listen to it. We laughed and laughed at the yes. sound effect when David hits Kirk in the back. And sends him flying into all the crates. And my first question is, if, if you're going to attack a guy that you think murdered all your
1: friends and yeah. you mean to kill him, why Why would you hit him with the butt of the knife? Yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't stab him coming down. He hits him with the butt end of the knife, just knocking him down. The other thing I got to say is there's two of them. There's David and then there's Jeddah. And yeah. there are four other people in that room, and Jeddah's like, "phasers down." He's got okay, McCoy, on. McCoy, and Savick both have phasers, and be like, "Okay, buddy," and he's dead. Like, there's how do these two people get the drop on it's five people? I think there's just so much going on. The timing is
0: amazing because if you do watch, Jeddah is. Kirk goes flying into the crates, and as soon as he hits the crates, Jetta's Jetta. jumping out of the crates. is Jetta, popping out, yes. It's amazing. And uh, there's so, I, I, you know what? I, I wasn't coming in this minute. I'm like, nah. you know, it's the fight scene, whatever. There's a lot to. What is. I like um, Jetta's casual Star Trek wear. Yeah. Yes. He's got the Star Trek logo all over. It's casual shirt, I guess. He's not in his uh, scientist uniform anymore. Nope. But it's covered with Starfleet logos.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is great. So, right. So, he's got the drop. McCoy's got
1: McCoy's got his phaser out. Savick Savick's has a phaser out, and Chekov and Terrell are just standing there, but Terrell could just easily run over and knock him down. Yeah, I mean, out of his mean, it's not like they got the drop on him. You know, he got the drop on the four of them. It's sheer numbers at this point that he's vastly outnumbered. Even if he kills one of them, he's a dead man.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's right. Because he shoots someone he's got, they're going to fire back.
1: But then as they fight, you notice Jetta is looking at Kirk and David fighting. Another perfect opportunity for any one of the four of them to come over and knock him on his head. Absolutely. And you,
0: and I got to say, you know, I never thought about this before until just now. I would think um, in a in a gunfight like this or in a you know a standoff like this, having a Vulcan with a weapon in their hand,
1: aren't
0: yes. they going to be probably the one who's just more than likely just going to shoot? You know what I mean? Because again, they're going to be using their logic. Oh, if I shoot this guy you know, I'm going to take him out. And it, it, I would think it, it
1: I was less. I would think there'd be a <laughs> you know better saying? chance for Savick to, to disarm him at least. I mean, she, yeah, logically she would see him looking at the fight and totally run over and knock the phaser out of his hand and give him the, you know, the, the, the neck pinch. Yeah, That's right.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome. That's one thing we don't get to see her do. Is it?
1: That would have been a sweet scene actually. That would have been Awesome and said we're entreated to a scene of Kirk just wailing on David. I mean, those, those punches are enough to crush any man. It's, this is, I, it's, um, it's, it's classic Shatner, right? It's, it is. This is, this is,
0: we get, they're treating us to a little bit of the, uh, the fighting the Gorn, right? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> these, these fake punches that we should really be completely
1: ineffective. Um, he's good at dodging the knife, though. He is. Well, and, you know, as they, before they begin in the fight, you know, David sort of is like, you! Like, he obviously re- recognized him, who who he is. He obviously recognized that it's Kirk. Yep. And then they go into the, you know, David aggressively trying to stab him. Yeah, he's like, he, he looks like he's going to th- slit his throat. Yeah. He swings that one wild right at his head. Definitely. Yeah, he he's out for blood which again to your point why not stab him to begin the fight
0: it would have been over real quick
1: it would have would have been a short movie only 67 minutes um i also also
0: the that you know this, that the the last couple punches here david goes to swing again and kirk catches his arm yeah and then david just is just staring at his knife like willing it <laughs> He's like, I can't believe
1: this old man is holding my arm back. Right. Look at this muscle I'm making. Yeah. (laughs) Should be able to overpower this guy. (laughs) Yeah, but Kirk gives him him an elbow and then another elbow into the chest and totally takes him down. Right.
0: And then so uh, I'll set this up for you, Dave. So Kirk says, where's Dr. Marcus?
1: I'm Dr. Marcus. (laughs) He's such a whiner in this minute. Everything. he's Yeah, this whole thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, from the beginning, he was all about you know the we the, the the stooge of the of the Federation, and he's he's been whining about everything, and then finally he gets a chance to like really whine. I'm Doctor Marcus.
0: Uncanny. I'll say it again. Yes. All your prescience. <laughs> uh, so Jim uh, Kirk barely gets a chance to react to I'm Doctor Marcus, and then yep, uh, Carol calls from off screen, Jim. Uh, and uh, comes running up, and uh, uh, she's wearing her... I guess everybody's
1: changing their civilian wear. Except for David. David's still wearing his scientist outfit.
0: Yeah, I guess if I, yeah, if I was going to pick anyone that would stay in his scientist outfit, it would be him.
1: It would be him. But she's clearly wearing her Sunday best. Yes.
0: Yep. She's all casual for her trip to the cave.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice and warm down. I don't know. You just, yeah. but anyway, very casual. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. it feels like half of this minute is just Kirk <laughs> walking over, staring at David, walking yeah. at Carol. Um, and then is that David? Isn't that David? And I, I don't remember. I wish I do this is this is kind of when you're you're in first time viewer mode. Are we supposed to know at this point that something something significant has just happened here? How does Kirk know? David is.
1: Well, I think that was a question earlier that we both had way back when because um you know, clearly she had some sort of relationship in talking with uh David, you know, that overgrown boy scout and so we know that they had he knew David knew that his mom had some sort of relationship with Kirk. Whether we, he knew that he was his son was something else. And then we obviously know from the other side, you know, the the comments that McCoy makes, you know, with, uh, you know, and Kirk responds with the snide, you know, you of all peoples, you know, you know, opening old wounds, you know, so we know that he had a relationship with Carol. So we know that something, and I think this is the first inclination that David is Kirk's son.
0: Right. So we should have dawning
1: realization at this point. That's what I think is like at this okay. moment we should have like oh the relationship they had a relationship and we know that David is Carol's son so now we infer that oh wow David I've is got Kirk's. two in
0: this hand yeah yeah <laughs> two in this hand two in the other hand I'm yep. starting to go wait a minute yep exactly yep this changes everything <laughs> all right well before we before we. Jump ahead, I guess, to that big revelation because it isn't really, it's not in this minute. Um, yeah, so Kirk asks that David, Carol starts to answer him and then gets interrupted by David.
1: Uh, would you like to? Whining again. Mother, Mother. he killed everybody we left behind. <laughs> Which, my first question and- is, how? How does he know this? Right. How that does he know that day- everyone, how, how does he know that everyone that they left behind was killed?
0: unless it goes back to our theory we were talking about yesterday or in the prior minute um, that they were racing to get out of there yep and maybe somebody somebody maybe David was the one who saw you know those guys getting tortured and exactly knew, knew killed and he was the last man out or something <clears throat> and it's conceivable so that's possible
1: yeah and it's conceivable that they were wearing Starfleet outfits because obviously Terrell and Chekhov, are in Starfleet gear, some of the Khan's crew were wearing Starfleet right. outfits, so it's definitely possible that again, I'm making an assumption here that if they were racing out of there, you know they had just beamed on and they're torturing those people and killing them, and they're you know hitting the button and they're going down, you know maybe David or someone sees them i I totally buy that
0: yeah I think that I think it's plausible for sure so Moving back to, you know, he killed everyone with behind. But who holds a knife like that? <laughs> and and you get a pretty good look at it. It looks like a butter knife.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like anything necessarily no. dangerous. You think he made a shiv while he was waiting? He could have. He
0: definitely. I. But but it doesn't look very sharp. It looks like a butter knife. A
1: space butter knife.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> space butter anyway. knife.
1: Yeah. Poor but David. I, yeah, poor David. I mean, we pick on him, and but he just is, right now, you're not giving me anything, buddy. He's only making things harder. He is. He's only making things harder. Right.
0: So, yeah, so that's, I think, how we come to the end of the minute, right? Carol's yes. saying, of course he didn't. David, you're just making things harder. And I can't tell in her reaction if she does a good job um, delivering that line because she looks both annoyed with him like kind of ticked off at him, but she's also sad.
1: I was almost yeah, like she yeah, sadfully amused by it. Like she's definitely like, you know, like when a parent is like has to tell something that their child you know, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but it's it you're sad about it, but you're almost amused by their like innocence. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, I could I could buy that. Some other uh so I think that was really all that was going on in the minute. It was you know, pretty pretty exciting. Um, they I did, look... say I did a little. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say at the very end of the minute, you know, where they're, you know, she says uh, they're you're making it harder. She does give him, you know, the glossy eyes and is definitely looking deeply into Kirk's eyes there. So she, the you know, the old spark there is sort of kin- could be become... kindling a little bit. Right. Fond memories. Yes.
0: I'm sure she's forgotten all the hard stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I did a I did a little bit of research. There was, you know, as during the fight, you know, they're crashing all those containers. Um, and, uh, there's, there's things printed on them. There's also to this Copenhagen base, uh, Zira, uh, uh, Bellis, uh, sorry, Bellis four. Uh, so I was like, Ooh, I wonder if this, so I just did a little bit of research and, uh, uh some kind kind trekkie out there just said oh sure a uh, lot of lot of cargo yeah. cargo containers come from bella's four and zero <laughs> so clearly they just uh they didn't put a ton of creative thought into into uh, backstories for for these locations mm-hmm. that you know there could have been some exciting stuff in those containers and i just don't know if that's uh you know if the if the if the, the trekkie um, fan base has as as much going as, you know, the Star Wars fan base does, you know, Star Wars would have a whole yeah, right. A whole you know, whole backstory, whole theory about all of these things and very complicated and uh but unfortunately there wasn't wasn't a ton there, so I was a little disappointed.
1: Well the big the big yellow one, the one you're saying Bellus four says comes from San Francisco. Right. Well, you know, it, San San Francisco. So does it come from Earth and maybe it, you know, is Bellus four a chemical that may be in that? I don't know. Oh,
0: maybe that's what, maybe that's uh the brand name for Proto Matter? Sure. Sure.
1: <laughs> i buy that. Um,
0: but anyway, so that was all I really had. I think uh, uh, I do like, you know, Jetta's, you know, Jetta's fighting stance. Uh, he's, he's <laughs> just go back to that. He's got a full-on crouch. He looks like he's, re- I don't know if he's ever shot a phaser before. He looks like he doesn't quite know how to use it.
1: Yeah, um, sort of. Again, I go back to that particular, uh, the fight, and I just, you know, I get what this fight is doing, you know, why it happens, and, you know, David fighting Kirk, and that's what David wants, is to, you know, but there's four of them over on the side. Jeddah is not even paying attention to them, and they're all sort of like, Around Kirk and David just having this like gladiator style fight, you know, one-on-one, mano-o-mano kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no one's helping. Yeah, no one's helping. No one's like, you know, I would think if this was like the Star Trek from, you know, the reboot, I I feel like there'd be all sorts of things happening in the background. Oh, sure. Someone would have at least done a flip by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. So, Dave, I don't know how you've had a chance to swing a knife in your life.
1: But um, do you think you'd swing a knife silently? No. As, as a David myself, I would make noises. <laughs> what kind of noises? So he sounds like, obviously he's making noise, but it sounds like he's trying to swing a lightsaber knife. He's kind of doing the boom, foom. foom. Uh,
0: I just wanted to hear you do it again. You were making all the sounds offline, and <laughs> I just wanted to hear all of them again. <laughs> All right. I think we've made fun of the fight enough.
1: It only gets better next minute. That is true. The, the drama
0: uh, it ratchets up quite, quite quickly. Yes.
1: Um, all right. Do you have any
0: other notes then for this this minute? I do not. I'm good. All right. Me too. David. We'll, we'll wrap it up. David. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll wrap it up, folks. Um, and uh, ask for you if you want to find us online. Uh, we're on Twitter at Minute. <clears throat> we're on instagram we're on facebook at the wrath of con minute listener federation you can join that join that group and uh, uh let us know what you think about the knife fight and um and we're going to be back again here on wednesday with minute 68 of star trek 2 here at the wrath of con minute
1: Boom,